Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three, myself, Tam, and my man, Front Row Kenny. What do you say, guys? We fabulous. <laughs> Yo, what's going on, people? What's up? Yeah, because I noticed the last couple of weeks, Renee is like the fabulous three. I'm like, I'll take that. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Kenny, you fabulous. I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you guys can hear, we're starting this podcast on a up note. Is up note a word or upbeat? I guess I should we're say that be upbeat. a word today. <laughs> okay, so we're up upward, upward bound, upbeat, whatever. Yeah. Insert anything after up. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. My mind just went someplace else. But back to some yeah. NASCAR talk, because today we're gonna talk some NASCAR. Clearly, there's a lot going on in this world. It's been going on for what, eleven days now? Between the protests, the looters, and everything else that's out in the world, we hope that you guys are staying safe wherever you are. If you're out there protesting, please be smart, protect yourself, and make sure to run in the face of danger. And I know that's probably not the best advice, but there are too many incidents out there of things going to the left really quick, as in people go out there with good intentions and then things happen. Renee, I wanted to get your thoughts really quick, and we're going to talk NASCAR. This podcast is all about NASCAR, but I did want to acknowledge Renee and shout out Renee for actually going out there. Not only is he on the front lines dealing with COVID-19 when he goes to work, if you listen to this podcast, you know that Renee is in the medical profession, so he's still dealing with I don't even want to say aftermath because it's still going on. So he's still dealing with COVID-19 when he goes to work. But he also went out and got out in the streets and protested. Can you in about 90 seconds tell us what that was about and how how was it out there? Yeah, real quickly, how how it started uh, is really very simple. I happened to be at work earlier that morning. And I was working in Burbank and I got let out early because uh, some of our other cases had canceled. So uh, we all got let go early. So as I'm leaving, now I live all the way in Azusa, which to kind of give people a reference of where that is, I probably about a good 25 minute drive from where I was at to, to get home, at least 25, 30 minutes. But, uh, I knew, I knew the, the protests were going on in Hollywood only because of, uh, people were watching it on TV there, there at the, uh, at the hospital and, you know, so I kind of was already familiar, like where the protest was going on. There was one in downtown LA at the time and there was another one in Hollywood. Uh, so I got in my car and I just, I don't, for whatever reason, I said, you know, I'm not that far from Hollywood. So let me just go see, you know, what it is because I, I think this is all kind of stemming from the week, the weekend before when I was in Phoenix and, uh, we, I just happened to, Trying to get back to my hotel, I came across that uh, protest that was happening in, happening at night in downtown Phoenix, and I think that was pr- probably part of well, not think I I know it was it was it was part of just that uh, still stemming from that experience. 
And so what I did is I took it upon myself to go down to Hollywood and I, and I told myself, I, I said, if I feel any tension, if I just feel a bad vibe, I'm just going to go home. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to stay. If I felt like it was a peaceful protest and people were on their best behavior the way protesting should be, then I said, then I'll stay. And sure enough, I got there probably around about, gosh, I want to say a little after 12 in the afternoon. And I walked till a little after two o'clock. So almost two hours I walked out there. And it was peaceful. It was encouraging to see that. And uh, there were a lot of police. There were a lot of uh, uh, military personnel that were out there. And everybody was on their best behavior. Tam, Kenny, I can't begin to tell you how how awesome it was and that we were walking through the streets and we were chanting and uh, and everybody's walking right in front of the cops. Everybody's right in, walking right in front of the National Guard. And um, nobody was throwing things. Nobody was cussing there was no finger pointing. There was nothing of that nature. There were people just kind of like talking to the cops, asking them certain questions, but but not in a, a negative manner, not in a, a nasty manner. They, everybody was just on their best behavior and they were marching and they were marching together. And because of the social distancing and because I'm in the medical field, I uh, was kind of walking a little bit over to the side, but still walking with everybody. I had my I had my mask on. And it was fantastic. And I think the highlight of, of it was just, you know, knowing that I had just gotten off of work and I went there and I felt like I did two wonderful things that day. And it was absolutely just one of the best things in life that's ever happened to me other than my son being born. And I tell you, I definitely want to go out there and do it again as long as, as as things are peaceful the way that it was that day. That's kind of how that unfolded. Well, that's awesome that you were able to stand out there and protest and be peaceful and be in an environment that was peaceful. Kenny, what say you? I know that you took part in a Black Lives Matter iRacing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then afterwards, we'll jump into some NASCAR talk. I want everyone that's listening, especially people who listen faithfully, who or somewhat, I mean, I guess if you listen to this podcast every week, you are somewhat vested in our stories and what's going on. So that's why I just wanted to take a moment to share with everyone who's listening how we are actually dealing with this. And before Kenny answers that way, after he talks, we can just jump into some NASCAR talk. You guys know I'm not a protester. I've actually been in the house now for, I believe, 10 days. I am scheduled to go out on the 9th, which is Tuesday. And yes, I do write it on my calendar. I, <laughs> I'm i not playing when it comes to this whole coronavirus, nor all the protests and all, nothing. So for me, I choose to stay in. And it's not that I'm not supportive of the movement. It's just that everybody does things in a different way. Yeah, so Kenny, tell us about the iRacing event. Yeah, so um, first of all, I got to give a huge shout out to uh, Roger Karouf, who is a NASCAR diversity driver, also going to Winston-Salem State. So shout out to my HBCUs and as well as uh, a friend of mine, Monon. He went to the University of Kentucky. He was also a diversity um, intern last year, and he currently works for Rick Ware Racing. Those two put that together with the George Floyd 100 and... What they tried to do was basically make sure we had a way to fund to fund some type of donation. And um, for the entry list, I mean, for the entry fee to get into the race, what we did was we put some money up towards um, 
one of his foundations, one of the George Floyd foundations, and the, all the proceeds from the entry fees went to that. So that was a good thing. And then also, of course, for the broadcast on Friday night, each unique viewer, however many it was, they were going to donate a dollar for each single um, unique viewer. So I thought that was a real cool event. It went real well. I did not make the big show, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was all about doing it for a good cause. I'm super proud of them because those guys are super young, 18, 19 years old, and decided to put all that together. And a lot of people came out. There was a total of 105 entries, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a real big turnout. I'm real proud of them. And just to be a part of something like that was really cool. And just, again, for those that are always looking for another way, just like Tam said, to be a part of the entire thing is if you can, donate. If you help somebody out some way, it's not it's not only one way to do something, but yeah, it was a super cool event. Super, once again, big ups to them. And I had a good time. Did not do as well, but again, all for a good cause. So I was real happy at the end of the day, regardless. Kenny, we got to get your iRacing skills up. How did you not make the, <laughs> the Man, final cut? Look, What's up? Look, when I say some of the best of the best showed up, like for my folks that are, are big on iRacing, uh, Ray Alfala, Chris Overland are two people in particular, are probably two of the best right now. They're pros, as a matter of fact. They're iRacing pros, so to speak. And they're real good. So is Raja. He's a hell of a driver in real life and a hell of a driver on iRacing. So, yeah, I definitely got to get better for sure because it's, it's been a long, long time for me. Let's jump into some NASCAR talk. Not that we weren't just talking NASCAR, but we're about to talk some NASCAR Cup Series racing. Atlanta, baby, it was hot in Atlanta. And yeah, we'll talk about what happened after the race. But before we jump into that, let me give you guys a quick recap. Top 10 from Atlanta, Kevin Harvick pretty much dominated. He led 151 laps and rolled into victory lane. Kyle Busch was right behind him. Martin Truex Jr., who led 65 laps during the race at Atlanta, came in third. Ryan Blaney, fourth. Denny Hamlin, fifth, Kurt Busch, sixth, Jimmy Johnson, seventh. You know what? We haven't seen Jimmy in the winner's circle, but I will take another top 10 finish from Jimmy. Chase Elliott. I will too. Yeah. Chase Elliott, who sat on the pole and started the race up front, he managed a top 10 finish. He came in eighth. Brad Keselowski, ninth. And Joey Logano came in 10th. So just at first glance, not bad for Team Penske, three drivers in the top 10. Notables, Clint Boyer. What's up with my man, Clint? Clint, <laughs> he left 58 laps, but couldn't get it done. But he did get a top 20 as in P20. <laughs> so barely came in top 20. But yeah, so that is your top 10. Anything stick out from Atlanta? Of course it did. Let's talk about how NASCAR took a moment of silence at the beginning of the race and how Steve O'Donnell came in on the driver's headsets and spoke to NASCAR Nation, which was broadcast live on the BooTube as in Fox TV. Like I tweeted, I'm proud of NASCAR. This may not be the answer, but at least NASCAR is doing something. But I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you feel as if every 
organization is forced to do something even if they don't want to, because this is the cancel climate and people are being called out on a B I nope. I spelled that wrong. People are being called out on their bull S H I T. That's what I was trying to say. So Kenny, I'm not sure if you should answer that question, but Renee thoughts, do you feel as if NASCAR had no choice to say something or do you really truly believe that they wanted to say something? Tam Kenny, I think uh, this is the way I see it going back from last week's podcast. I like how I stated last week, you know, NASCAR just seems to be in a, in a situation where they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because of, because of how people perceive how NASCAR is, uh, and what NASCAR represents. And I, and I understand that. I think because they're stuck in this, this, well, damn if I do, damn if I don't, uh, kind of situation. I think the best thing, in my opinion, I think the best thing is to, um, have a reaction of something and not just, and, and not just nothing. Either way it goes, they're probably going to get negative feedback in, in one, one manner or the other. But I think it's a good thing that they at least or did something rather than nothing. And that, that, I mean, now that's just my personal opinion, but, um, I was glad to see that they did something rather than nothing. I don't know, Kenny. I mean, I, I know you probably have to answer in, in your own way, but, uh, that was just my opinion. What do you think? Well, let me say this. And just FYI for our listeners that are always like, why is Tam telling Kenny what to say and what not to say? Kenny is in an unusual situation because he comes on this podcast and talks NASCAR with us where NASCAR talk for fans by fans, but Kenny also works for the governing body. So he has to choose his words wisely. At least I demand that he chooses his words wisely. So (laughs) on that note, I do want to ask Kenny this question and that would actually kind of be a great way for Kenny to share his opinion. Renee just said it's almost as if you damned if you do and damned if you don't because, you know, people are going to have comments or say what they want to say. It made me think about a post that you and I talked about offline. There was a video of all the drivers who came out in support and you had Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez. You had a lot of drivers on that video and the video was posted. And of course, we saw some unflattering comments about the video. Kenny, I want to know your thoughts on the actual video. Honestly, I'm like actually pretty, pretty satisfied with the video. Cause I mean, this wasn't, you know, a thing that nobody forced anybody to do. Like Jimmy Johnson had said, this was something they all talked about and they all got together and said, look, we're going to do it like this. We're going to push it out. And obviously, you know, they fed the same thing to NASCAR to tell them, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's our video. They laid it out. You know, everyone was able to say, you know, say something about it, which is, you know, better than nobody saying anything, of course. So kudos to all the drivers that were, you know, willing enough to make perhaps maybe step out their comfort zone. Right. You know, some people may want to say something, but don't know how to say it. And I, and again, I'm a person who struggles with the same thing when it comes to text. I can talk it all day, just like what y'all heard last on last week's episode. But text is always difficult for me to, you know, compile it to some people the other way. So, yeah, you know, big, big ups to all the drivers that participate in that video. I thought that was a really good one and it was well thought out. And for those who haven't seen the video, get from underneath the rock you're under and go find the video. It's actually on NASCAR.com, but 
If you just kind of look through NASCAR, you'll, the NASCAR community, the video will come up somehow, some way on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or what have you. And the video is a la NFL players. It's actually almost the same as what the NFL players did, except it's NASCAR drivers. I'm going to take it to the left again. There were some noticeable drivers that weren't in the video. And granted, I understand not every driver can be in the video, but off the top of my head, there was one driver that I did not see, and you can correct me if I missed that driver, but considering that we only have in the NASCAR Cup Series, we actually only have three drivers that technically would fall under the category of diverse. We used to have four, but we already know what happened to that one. So right now we're down to three drivers. I saw Daniel Suarez on the video and I saw Bubba Wallace on the video. Who I didn't see is Eric Amarola. So I'm going to let that sink in. Again, I'm not going one way or the other with my statement. I'm just saying that For me, when I watched the video, there were a few drivers immediately that I noticed weren't there. And he was one of the first. Now, I felt, to be honest, like, dude, if you got Mr. American himself, Brad Keselowski, on the video, (laughs) because it don't get no more American than Brad Keselowski, even though Keselowski technically is not an American name. But... I don't, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I'll let you guys marinate on it. If you want to comment on it, feel free. If not, we can go on to some other NASCAR talk. But I just found that, like, was he not invited to the party? Or did he decide not to show up? I don't know. It's just weird. I just think that if you're doing a video like that and you have a sport that doesn't have very many diverse people or people of color, I think Yeah, you would think that those drivers would be the first ones to to step up and and speak out. Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from. Okay, I'm going to drop this because I may have missed it. But has he said anything? Oh, not that I know of. Not that I've seen or read. Have not seen anything. Okay, I'm going to leave that one there. You form your own opinions, but I already got mine. Okay, so we're going to move on to after the race at Atlanta. You guys know I like to take naps, and I'm not going to lie to you. I I took a nap. (laughs) It started off fresh, and I was like, yeah. And then my eyes got heavy, and then I was like, oh, God. I actually thought the race was going by fast, and then I realized, no, we still got 200 laps to go. So maybe if I sleep for 20 laps, I'll be good. So that just started an in-and-out thing with my eyes open and shut. Now, I opened my eyes probably about 20 times and peeped what was going on in the race. And fast forwarding to the end of the race, it was two laps to go. Kevin Harvick was in the number one spot. He was leading the field to the checker flag. I was like, oh, Harvick is about to win again. And then he got out the car and I was like, dang, maybe my glasses are foggy because, yeah, I do take naps with my glasses on. Renee, do you do that? Yes, sometimes (laughs) I do. but, but But if I can help it. Uh, I try to take them off. Yeah, it's just when you wear glasses, you just never know. You just fall asleep. <laughs> but I, I um, woke up, my glasses, I was like, oh, maybe my glasses are foggy or my eyes just haven't focused yet. And I was like, Kevin looks skinny. 
I couldn't pinpoint it. And I was like, okay. So then they went to go talk to Bubba Wallace. And shout out to Bubba Wallace with the I Can't Breathe t-shirt on. I'm going to say this really quick and we'll finish up. I'll finish my thought. I feel as if Bubba Wallace may have not wanted to be in this position where he is the flag bearer for the movement. But at this point, it is what it is. And hey, he he is the face of it for NASCAR. But afterwards, Jamie Little, Fox from Fox, she went to go talk to Bubba. And Bubba looks spent, but hey, who doesn't after a race? But when his eyes start rolling, I was like, oh my God, is he going to pass out? Like, what is going on? So they immediately took the cameras off him and went to Ryan Newman, who was sitting on the ground. He was so red, it looked like he was about to pass out. Like, he, it looked like he was done. So we didn't get a chance to see all the drivers, but from what I saw between Kevin Harvick, you know, Kevin won the race, so he was a little excited, but he looked, he looked like a different person personally to me. I couldn't pinpoint it. I was like, did he get a haircut? And again, my eyes were foggy, but I was like, wow, he looks crazy. So when the incident happened with Bubba and then they flashed to Ryan Newman, I realized like, oh my God, it must be super hot in Atlanta. And hot Atlanta. Hey, Kenny, do you know what the temperature was in Atlanta? I don't know off the top of my head, but I know, I think it was somewhere in the high 80s or in the earth, like the lower 90s, but it, it was hot. It was real hot and humid on top of that, so that didn't really help at all. But yeah, it was a super hot day in Atlanta. We've seen this before, where it's been really, really hot in that region, or in any in any race, and we've had people pass out or get close to passing out. So I'm I'm glad everyone else is okay from that because that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I know that there's ways that they keep cool in the car, but still, I mean, it's got to be brutal down there. Yeah, it's well, only so much you can do, honestly. Um, far as like yeah. keeping yourself. End quote, cool, because those temperatures in the car get really, really hot, get really, really hot. And to say um, earlier about the temperature, it was 86 degrees today in Atlanta, but it was really humid. So you might as well go ahead and say it was in the 90s. Yeah. And then it's 20 degrees, 30 degrees hotter in the car. Going back to what you just said, Renee, I noticed Kevin in the middle of his speech talking to the news reporter or talking to Jamie Little, because technically she's not a news reporter, but in talking to Jamie Little after the race, he reached back in his, into his car and got his water bottle. I don't know if anybody noticed that. So I figured it must have been super, super hot. But nonetheless, was Atlanta a good race? Typically, we asked during the race how people are feeling, but because I dozed off, I didn't get a chance to ask. And we're recording this podcast before Jeff Gluck puts out his weekly Was It a Great Race poll. Thoughts? Do you guys think it was a good race? Uh, I thought it was. I watched it for the most part. I think the only thing that I, I did miss was maybe like the first 20 to 30 something laps, maybe. But other than that, I watched, uh, I pretty much watched the whole thing. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I mean, um, I was, I mean, I was kept in focus. I didn't fall asleep or take a nap, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, don't shame you me. Know, I, uh, no, no, it was, um, maybe because I, I slept, you know, for a long time and I woke up late and I went and ordered a pizza and hot wings. And, you know, I sat there in front of the TV just watching it. And, um, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, what I thought was really awesome too was 
at the end of the race when Kevin Harvick kind of took that backwards lap around the track and, uh, oh, yeah. and held out his hand. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit when he said the last time he did it, he kept his gloves on and it didn't, no people really couldn't see what he was doing. So he made sure he took his glove off this time. But, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What, what, what did you think, Kenny? Um, I thought for Atlanta, I thought it was a pretty solid race. I mean, you got what you get at a half mile as abrasive as Atlanta is. You get comers and goers. Obviously, you had Kevin Harvick dominate most of the day, leading 151. But of course, you had Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and of course, Tam's man Clint Boyer was up front most of the day. So you had guys mix it up, um, throughout there. Of course, as usual, Whenever we did get a restart, we got three and four wide. So I thought that was pretty fun. I don't know what more you can get out of Atlanta, honestly. And I have no idea, um, given the current climate we're living in, if we're ever going to get a repaved Atlanta, because that was a big, a big, big topic last year was not to pave the track. And now with all what's going on, I'm not really sure if they're going to be able to even get a pave in or, or that's a, you know, an issue for the track right now. But I think that might be something to look ahead of in 2021 because that's one of the crucial crucial things about Atlanta and especially when weather comes around it makes it much much harder to actually drive the track so we'll see if Atlanta gets repaved or not I'm not 100% sure if it will or not but if not you're going to get another Atlanta race next year it's probably going to be just about the same but it was a, a decent show to me boy the tire fall off was incredible at Atlanta and the oh pavement- absolutely it looked oh, God, yeah. absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it looked like a street where the local government just does a patch job every time you get a pothole. <laughs> it looked horrible. Hey, that Kenny, might be the best that. analogy I've heard for it. But yes, I was going to say that that's pretty spot on. No, it, it's perfect. I mean, the tires get beat up at that track. I mean, they just get absolutely beaten up. I'm sure both you guys saw most of the pictures of what a tire looked like after a run. And that's that was one of the biggest things was track position and making sure you got a fresh set of fours because if you didn't have them and you saw it happen to a few people, you just couldn't catch up or your lap time just dropped and dropped and dropped from the low 28s to high 30s. Like that's that's how big of a change it was. couple of questions for you, Kenny. One, you talked about 2021. So I do want to talk about Nashville. But before we get into the Nashville news, Staying on the Atlanta topic, one, is Atlanta SMI track? I know you yes. know off the back of your head, like, if you don't know, Kenny knows everything. <laughs> me, it, sometimes I'm like, wait, let me double check the fact real quick. Is, is that true? Just take the compliment, Kenny. Take the compliment. I appreciate it. <laughs> I trust. So Atlanta is a SMI track. Maybe one day, but not in 2021 they'll decide to repave. And my other question, which is slipped my mind, (laughs) was something to do with Atlanta, but I can't quite remember at this very... Oh, how many races has Kevin Harvick won at Atlanta? I believe that should be number three because there were 17 years in between his first and his second, which I think was 2016, I think, when he won. Yeah, Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So, yeah, three times in his career. Okay, yeah, because I know he was smitten. He said he loved Atlanta. <laughs> but who wouldn't when you win it? Let's jump into some Nashville news. It was announced that NASCAR will return back to Nashville. This has been a hot topic. 
and it's finally happening. It's actually been a lot of news because Nashville was announced for 2021. And this is just lingering and this is non-NASCAR, but it's still related. Ferrari may enter into IndyCar. And it made me think, isn't NASCAR due for a new manufacturer? Like there was some talk about Dodge and I actually had a contact at Dodge who kind of was like, yeah, you know, it's been some talk, but it just fizzled. It fizzled like a flat seven up. What's happening? I think having a new manufacturer, especially Dodge, if it happens to be that, right? I think that would make a lot of people happy because, and I'm one of those people because before the switch, um, after 2012, I thought we were going to get a charger as a cup car. And I think the concepts that a lot of people had drawn up, I think it would have looked like a badass car. I honestly, I'm not a big Mopar guy, but I think as a cup car, it just looks right. At this point, it seems like, and, and I brought up the Ferrari with IndyCar. For one, the double header is, the double header is coming up, but unfortunately, there'll be no fans in the stand for the double header. So that sucks. And what I'm talking about is IndyCar and NASCAR running on the same weekend at Indianapolis, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that sucks. But saying that to say, Roger Penske went and took over Indy and they making major moves. NASCAR is making moves with the announcement of NASCAR returning to Nashville. However, you know, I feel like it's a little stagnant. Those are my thoughts. Oh, you know what? I wonder how it's a long ways off, but are we going to have the year end banquet? Because I know there was some date movement with the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I wonder if we're going to still have the end of the year well, ceremony. That's a that's, yeah. that's a um that's a valid point, but what I will say about Nashville is I know there's probably some people that aren't exactly too thrilled about that right away for a reason. So for my NASCAR fans that go you know go a little bit further back, so Nashville used to host Bush series or Xfinity series see, and the truck series at that at that two at that one and a half mile track in Nashville. This isn't the same fairgrounds that everyone has been, you know, hoping would get a cup date, which I think is going to take what's going on right now is to have a lot of interest in Nashville. Like people have to show out at Nashville. Like, I mean, like it needs to be filled out at Nashville. However many times they end up going, whether it's for just cup, if they add Xfinity or trucks, they got to show out. I think that's going to be an important thing. And of course, in Nashville, the biggest issue right now is not that nobody, not that NASCAR doesn't want to do it. It's just that local officials are having, they're still having trouble with that, especially with the, um, brand new expansion with their MLS team. They don't know how much room they're going to have for all of this in one area and, and let alone at the fairgrounds. People have houses nearby and are complaining about having, uh, that type of, you know, having that type of noise during, you know, whenever they do run the race. So. Again, I'm not quite sure why people have built houses nearby racetracks. Same thing happened in Myrtle Beach, which is closing down at the end of this year. But I don't understand why people do that. But I think this is going to be the move that's going to set up the fairgrounds if that's the next move, honestly. So kudos to Dover for giving up a date to make this happen, which they obviously own the track. But um that's going to be a huge that's going to be a real huge move. And it could definitely help out moving forward. So this is a little chess piece move we'll see yeah we'll see and to your point about people building houses near racetracks i have a friend who lives in dallas and 
He bought a house that's not near the racetrack, but he can hear whenever there's a race. So go figure. Let's jump into Martinsville and some predictions. But actually, Kenny, because I know you're jonesing for this Martinsville race is a night race. Care to share anything? Any comments? For me, I'm super excited for it. Of course, as like anybody else, we wish fans could be a part of that one because I definitely was going to make sure I got some friends that went along with me to that one as well. But it's going to be a good race. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Again, got the low down for us, high horsepower, like it should be at the short track. So it should be a fun race on Wednesday night for sure. I think folks tuning in on Wednesday for the first time should get a pretty good treat. What race is Sunday? Sunday is Miami. Oh, God. You know what's so crazy? Because Miami already. Damn. Yeah, well, it's not even that it's Miami already. It's just that I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of midweek racing. I'm sorry. Like I said before, no. Because. Yeah, I remember you said that last week, and that threw me for a loop too, Tammy, because I thought maybe if anybody would really like it, I thought maybe you would. (laughs) No, because I think that it oversaturates the product. It's like the NFL. I only want to watch NFL on Sunday or Monday, not Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. It's too much. And that's a that's an interesting point, though. I will say that. Yeah, you got to give. Here's the thing. I'm going to school you guys real quick. Marketing <laughs> has changed over the years, but the legendary artist back in the day, Madonna, formerly known as Prince, Madonna, Janet Jackson, Prince. Tina Turner. This may be before Kenny's time, but I'm sure he's heard of some of these names. (laughs) They gave you a chance to miss them. They went on world tours and then they went and sat the hell down. And then right when you were like, damn, where's Janet? She popped back up and was like, doom, 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 doom. That's Rhythm Nation, if you guys don't know. (laughs) Same thing with Michael Jackson. Michael, you was like, I'm bad. I'm bad. And then he sat down and then he came back and you was like, yeah, Prince, same thing. Beyonce does it. Beyonce, that's why Beyonce is Beyonce because Beyonce hits you in the head. Then she goes sit down and you're like, dang, where's Beyonce? And then just when you say, where's Beyonce? She come out. Same thing if you into rock. Think about all your legendary bands, whether it's Kiss or Rolling Stones back in the day, the Beatles. They give you a chance to miss them. You got to let stuff marinate. And I think when you constantly are beating people in the head with the product, they become immune to it. And it's not as exciting. Hey, I'm probably wrong, but I did work 10 plus years for a bunch of corporations and brand marketing. But again, the times have changed. But I just feel like with NASCAR... It probably would work if you didn't have Xfinity and trucks. Not too much going on. Like, mm. I didn't know what the hell was going on this weekend. Because I think the schedule, <laughs> the Xfinity race was after some race. Or something. I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't know. But yeah, so those are just my thoughts. Okay. That's, um, that's interesting. I guess my philosophy with um, having midweek races is if we end the season before Labor Day week or before Labor Day weekend or at the end of September or early October, if you do this in the summer and that's it, I think it's fine. I think it could work if it's like that. That's that's my thoughts. First and foremost, it works now because people don't have jobs to go to. 
But if you are working, say perfect example with Renee. Renee works Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday he's doing his comedy. But Monday through Friday, when we try to record during the week, we have to accommodate Renee's schedule. He typically gets off from work about five or six o'clock and then he needs to commute and get home. By the time Renee gets home, the race is over. So that's all my point. So I don't know. I just know like on Sundays, I want NASCAR, HBO, and Showtime. <laughs> on Wednesdays, I don't, I don't have anything on Wednesdays that I watch, but NASCAR doesn't fit into my program during the midweek. That's all. So everything I just shared is my opinion. Take it however you want. It is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. But wait, are we doing predictions for Wednesday and Sunday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Well, it's time for some predictions. Renee, who you got for Martinsville on Wednesday and for uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday? Oh, Wednesday, Sunday is both Martinsville? Martinsville is Wednesday. It's just one day and then Sunday is a homestead for Cup. But yeah, no, that's what I was saying. I was going to say who you got for Wednesday at Martinsville and then who you got on Sunday for Miami. Oh, it sounds like you said Thursday. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'll go back and listen to it. So <laughs> let me just start over. All right, here we go. So, My Renee, <laughs> Renee, who do you have for Martinsville on Wednesday and Miami on Sunday? All right. Well, Martinsville Wednesday. I'm going to go with my man who I picked this past week and today, who I thought was going to pull it out, Martin Truex Jr. I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. again for Wednesday at Martinsville. As my alternative pick for Wednesday at Martinsville, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Um, don't be surprised if Kyle Busch even uh, pulls out Martinsville on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. as my winner on Wednesday. My alternative pick is Kyle Busch. And at Homestead, at Homestead, believe it or not, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin to win another one this year. So um, I look for Denny Hamlin as my winner on Sunday at Homestead, and on my alternative pick, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm actually going to go with Kevin Harvick on that one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Harvick pulls uh, Homestead out either. But uh, Denny Hamlin is my winner on Sunday, and my alternative pick is Kevin Harvick. What do you say, Kenny? All right, so rolling into Martinsville. So what I'm going to do for Martinsville, I'm actually going to take two winners from the last five years. And, of course, I'm going with Denny Hamlin, Virginia native. He's got seven wins in total at Martinsville. His last win was in the spring of 2015, so he's going to be my main pick. And my alternative pick, who was a 2019 spring winner, going with Brad Keselowski. And for Sunday, as we roll back into Miami, haven't been there since November, I'm going to take a championship four driver from last year. I'm going to take Kevin Harvick to get his 52nd win in the Cup Series. And then my alternative pick, I think I'm going to go with the runner-up from last year's race, going with Denny Hamlin as well. How about you, Miss Tam? I'm going to start with Miami first. I am going to pick the 2000, I believe Martin Truex won Miami Homestead in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. because he's been right there every week. He just hasn't been able to close out. So he is my pick to win at Miami, and Denny Hamlin is my alternative winner at Miami. 
Renee picked Martin Truex Jr. at Martinsville, and we know that it took Martin forever to conquer the short track. So he definitely is not going to be my pick at Martinsville. Who is going to be my pick at Martinsville is, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott is my pick to win. And my alternative is my boy KB, as in Kyle Busch. He's overdue for a win. So Kyle Busch is my alternative at Martinsville. And Chase Elliott is my winner. So those are my picks. And as Renee was saying, I'm sticking to them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I like to hear that. So those are our picks. What say you? Do you have your picks? Tell us who you think is going to win at Martinsville. Tell us who you think is going to win in Homestead. And for all of us here at All Turns No Breaks, we certainly appreciate you listening and supporting our podcast each and every week. Be kind to each other out there. Stay safe and stay positive. For Tam, myself, and my man, Front Row Kenny, thank you for listening to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Stay great. Holla. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 